3: Oh, Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU there. And, yeah, Field Yates today at ESPN had his 1.0 mock draft come out today. And at 28th overall, he has the Buffalo Bills selecting LSU's Brian Thomas Jr.
4: He also has the Kansas City Chiefs yes. selecting
3: Adonai Mitchell. But what is interesting there, and really where I I want to jump into this, and I also, you know, we would love to hear your calls, 803-0550. Who do you want the Bills to go get? Who's the guy you've kind of zeroed in on? You know, we've still got the combine and and such to go, but who's kind of the guy that you've had your early eyes on? For me, it's been Brian Thomas Jr., yes. Troy Franklin out of Oregon is somebody I have really fallen in love with fast. I am much higher on Jalen Polk out of Washington than I think most people are. I'm a big fan of his. I would actually, Josh, to be perfectly honest with you, if they went D-tackle in round one, Jalen Polk in round two, and I would be in love with that draft class. Why not? Or early bits of the draft class. Why not both?
4: Why not we just go Brian Thomas Jr. and and then then Jalen Polk? Polk. And then, because I know defensive tackle is... Then worry about D-tackle. But it just... You can't pass up on premier talent. (laughs) Exactly. Because you never know who's going to be your bust. Because there's always busts every single year. Yeah, you're not going to hit every pick. Yeah, and... With, In my opinion, with the wide receiver being such a glaring need, it the more early darts at the dartboard you have, the better chances you're going to get.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's where I, I listened to it as I was driving in today. Jeremy was bringing up the stat that in the first three rounds of the draft, the Bills have picked the most running backs out of any team in the NFL and have yet to pick a wide receiver in that run. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you I almost crashed my car <laughs> on principle, I mean that. <laughs> because as a team, and, and Jeremy brought this up, her, and, and, I, and I could not agree more. Just For a team that throws the ball as much as the Bills do, right. for a team like Baltimore, for as much as they run the ball, to have spent way more wide receiver is stunning. And it made me furious. What's
4: also really interesting about this, um, this mock draft from Field Yates is Marvin Harrison Jr. going fourth, which I don't think is crazy, but at the same time it is a little weird to look at. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Caleb Williams goes one.
3: Jim Daniels goes two, Drake May goes three. This is what I want to talk about a little bit with Field Yates' mock draft. There's been a lot of talk of like potentially six, maybe even seven wide receivers going in round one. I think that's a fair thought process to have. I don't think it happens. Mm-hmm. We look at Field Yates' his mock draft here. And this is just one, but it's kind of it, it works with my thesis, so I want to use it. I'm selfish. Don't worry about it. His first receiver that goes off the board is at four to Arizona. To the surprise of absolutely nobody, Marvin Harrison Jr., so to anyone that wants to call in, hey, the Bills should trade up to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm just going to say this now, and this will be my stance till April. Cool. So you want to trade up to the top five. End point. Good luck. That's it. <laughs> good luck. So Marvin Harrison goes for next guy is at six to the New York Giants. That's Malik Nabors, the number one receiver out of LSU. Makes sense. Should have been the Blitnikoff Award winner. I'm not upset about it. At number <laughs> seven, the Tennessee Titans. The next receiver, Roma Dunze, the number one receiver out of Washington. Josh, when is the next receiver taken in his mock draft?
4: 28th to the Bills. Yep. Brian Thomas Jr.
3: That's, 20,
4: the only that's other, 19,
3: 19 yeah. picks. The only other skill position player that is taken before Brian Thomas Jr., Brock Bowers at 16 to the Seattle Seahawks, considered wow. one of the best college tight ends ever. No running backs. Well, yeah, I'm not not even surprised by that. There's not even like there's not even like <laughs> no, Bijan or like Najee Harris. But name. it's just funny
4: because last year you're looking at Bijan and you're wow he might be you know is he gonna go top five, top five like does yeah. he fall all the way yeah it's really interesting though like I I look at the Bears taking Caleb Williams at one mm-hmm. and there's all this talk of oh what if the Bears trade out what if they you know trade down get a bunch of picks whatever is it crazy if the Bears just say you know what we need this let's take Marvin Harrison Jr at one.
3: See, I my thing is I,
4: like, is there more is there more value in that, that rather than trading back to like two or three, getting a couple other picks and then taking Marvin Harrison?
3: I'll that. say no, only because the value of having a cheap quarterback with Fields, you're getting real close to having to do the fifth year option and then potentially paying him mm. with Williams. Clock starts over. That's true. And at nine, there is a chance Romo Dunze or Malik Neighbors does fall to there. This is just mm. one mock draft. I've seen dozens at this point that have had Adunze and Neighbors both falling to nine and being taken by the Bears. And that, to me, immediately makes the Bears one of the more fascinating teams, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL as a whole. Now, with that being said, this mock draft, obviously we've, we've already talked about, Thomas Jr. goes to the Bills at 28. There's only one other receiver taken. It's Adonai Mitchell out of Texas to the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a little frustrating. but A little? But to be fair, <laughs> though, you know we're, I, we're talking we need yeah. receivers as well. Chiefs who won the Super Bowl are also sitting there going, we have like Rasheed Rice, and that's about it. Like everyone else is <laughs> we not We might that have MVS. Maybe. <laughs> On and a so good like day. so for them as well, that's a huge need. But I do find it fascinating that there is so many different ways this draft can go. Because of how deep the wide receiver class is, I'm not surprised that some teams in the middle of the first round decide to wait. And maybe go get a guy like, as I've talked about, you know, I Mitchell, he goes at 32 in this, could easily fall into the second round. So you're thinking Adonai Mitchell here, Troy Franklin doesn't go, Xavier Worthy, the other receiver out of Texas, Roman Wilson, Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, the Florida statewide receivers, Roman, or uh, not Roman Wilson, but uh, Ricky Pearsall out of Florida, Ladd McConkey. Lad McConkney out of Georgia, like, uh, there's just so many names. We didn't even bring up Javon Baker out of, out of UCF, could also be somebody that's in the second round. Xavier Leggett xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. There's so many names that I would not be surprised if only 4 or 5 went because teams are like, why would I do that? I can just wait. There's only so many teams that are in a similar spot to the Chiefs and the Bills where they're like, no, that might be our biggest need. Yeah. For teams if it's their second or third need, there's no reason to reach for the fourth, fifth, sixth receiver when they can go get the second best edge rusher or the best guard tack or a best guard prospect. You know, like that's it's kind of one of those situations and that's Kind of where, like, I'm, I'm so excited for this draft class because I think we forget last year's class. There's a reason why the Bills went Dalton Kincaid. There wasn't a ton of receiver quality at the top end of the draft. You really had four names. Now, two of them went really well. We're still kind of waiting to see on Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then Quentin Johnson was a disaster last year. <laughs> yeah, that was, but that Zay was flowers. Funny. Yeah, but say Flowers and Jordan Addison were fantastic and played really good roles on their teams. This receiver class is significantly better than last year's significantly better all three of the top three would be the number one overall receiver in last year's class and i think brian thomas jr would also be the number one overall receiver in last year's class if you know you took this year and put him in last year it's it like and i think that's going to be a big thing of just value wise teams will be willing to wait and the bills could get lucky because you know it's all luck i mean you got to hope other teams don't go certain ways and could fall into their lap, a guy like a Brian Thomas Jr. or a Troy Franklin out of Oregon, I think would be another great pickup for the Bills. Let's go back to the phones and get to Butch on the east side. Butch, how are we doing this morning?
0: Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thanks so much for taking my call. Great show. Uh, very interesting. And um, I got a couple things I want to say. Plus, I want to tap in on the last topic you said about the Sabres, because it kind of go with the combination that I'm speaking about the Buffalo Bills. Number one, our head coach is, is in a position that he's never been in before. And I hope that he adapts to this, which I know he probably has to. And that is that he has to play young players now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the generation now. Uh, just like you two gentlemen are young gentlemen, and I, 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 I'm a fan of both of you. You're up and coming in this radio game. And by you guys getting the opportunity to actually perform, people like myself and other people who are listening that loves this show can see the talent that you guys have. That's the exact same thing I'm telling Sean Montgomery to do with these young players. Coming in this draft, and I know you probably might disagree with me, and I understand, is that I hope that Brandon Bean moves back, pick up more selections based off some things like you just finished speaking about, about the t- how deep in the receiver group the talent is. But my, my guy is Powers out of, out of Oregon, his center. Uh, I, really, I really like this gentleman. I really believe that keeping Josh Allen up, Josh Allen can make no name, no names, house names as a receiver group. And if you keep that offensive line strong, you can do that. And I can, and I hope that Brandon Bean uses this draft to just not go back uh, in in the first round, maybe to the beginning of the second round, but pick up more picks during the regular uh, day two and day three as well. Now I say that, and then I'm gonna use the Sabres now. This is what I would like. I don't know. You guys are gonna to totally disagree, but I believe in just like I just spoke about. You two guys are being getting opportunities. These young kids in Rochester right now, uh, you know, are getting opportunities. But at the same time, my thing is confidence. And I, I'm like this. I was always taught. Sometimes you gotta get your butt whooped. A lot of times you're gonna be good at, at eventually. And uh, I look at teams and I look at college teams, and they're losing, we're already losing it. we already already losing downtown Buffalo. Why not lose with young players? You know, at least we know the players are going to eventually get confidence. They're going to be good one day. They're already up at the, they're already up at the top level playing against the top players. But, they already, you know, it's no choice but to be up. Don't get me wrong. They can go to Rochester and score a lot of goals and make household names. And then we could take a name and plug them into a the roster on the losing team. And they might not do so well like Levi. They, we want to set them right back down. No, keep them up. Keep them up. Let them get beat up a little bit. Let them, let them get, get their confidence. Let them get the opportunity like I'm speaking about you guys. This is what I'm saying about the young players. The Kansas City Chiefs just won a Super Bowl with so many young two-year players. It was ridiculous. They got rid of years ago, they got rid of their wide receiver and went to Miami. They never got another one to replace them. They still win. it. It's based off certain players and certain positions that you have already on your team. We already have a Josh Allen. Let's just keep building around him and building your young pieces around on defensive end this brother young defense where some of these players might get beat up at the same time Allen I'm going to score the, score enough points for us to overcome that I appreciate your opportunities I, I love you guys I, I'm, I'm a fan of you too I can see big things ahead of you guys uh, later on and down the line and I support you guys I support WGR. I love all the fans and thank you so much for taking my call and I love both of you take care now thank you so much Bush and thank you for the kind words thanks uh, Bush appreciate it
3: I will tell you though I am going to disagree with you on the Bills point I uh... A center in the first round. I well, he he was he was saying like you know I, I don't know where he
4: meant, but he was saying move off of the picks and, well, and, and I, I like gather the other trading, selections.
3: Trading down makes sense always if they if if the value doesn't make sense with where the pick you're right. At.
4: Like if you want to pick you know Xavier Leggett and it's like well he's not really my our first-round talent,
3: mm-hmm. then, okay, trade out of the first round. I will tell you, though, they already got 10 selections. Right. They're going to have some of the most in the draft already. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of them are later-round selections, but Bean has done really well in those selections, getting incredible value, and that's where you can go get a cornerback or another safety where, I mean, you've seen Bobby Babbage and Sean McDermott really develop in some truly great players at those positions. I mean, look at Terrell Bernard, a third-round pick at linebacker. All of a sudden, you know, we Josh, at this time last year, we were sitting here going, I mean, if Edmund leaves, what, what are we doing a middle linebacker? Like, what are we going to do? Bernard is probably better than him in his first year starting. I mean, at least in big plays-wise. I mean, right. what's what's going to be next and year? And he didn't have Matt around him much at all this year. I mean, yeah. he had to be the guy, and he was great. So, you know, I, but with, with all that being said, I'm all for the young movement. I, I was for it with the Sabres. That's why I was frustrated that Oposo and Gergensons were back. But on the Bills, that for me is the key thing. I want to see this team get younger. I want them to lean into the young talent. I understood the feeling of yeah, but you got to play the old talent now. It's working. They're really good guys like the Micah Hydes, Jordan Poyers, what have you. Josh, honestly, I don't think this team has had a solid number two receiver since the first year Stephon Diggs was here with John Brown. And I mean, outside receiver. Cole Beasley is his own animal because he's a slot guy. It's, it's right. now the same yeah. with with uh, Khalil Shakir. He's going to be the slot guy. Or, uh, yeah, Khalil Shakir. He's going to be the slot guy. He's not necessarily going to be the number 2 boundary wide receiver. Like, so like, that's a different thing there. But they really haven't had a number 2 wide receiver since that first year. They've constantly tried to, oh, let's throw Emmanuel Sanders in there. Oh, he got really old fast? Oh, that's a shame. Oh, Gabe Davis had a great playoff game. I mean, look, maybe we've got to think about that. And we've done it for the last two years. And so now a lot of this has kind of just been piecemealing it together. It's where I don't really even care about the wide receiver market in free agency. I don't care at all because I I don't either. I want to get younger. I want to get faster.
4: Aside from I want to get
3: cheaper. Aside from Michael
4: Pittman and Mike Evans, maybe everyone is Gabe Davis or worse. And if you're trying to replace Gabe Davis, you're not going to go out there and get oh like oh Michael Pittman might not Mm -hmm. even be better than him. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah because you're it's oh man yeah I got to pay him.
3: I just don't really like a lot. lot. (laughs) You know just just looking at Pittman. Evans would be something just because like he just routinely puts up 1,000 yards. Like, and he's yeah, a Hall of Fame talent. Evans, That's Evans one thing. I would
4: be okay with, but, but yeah. that
3: you're not you know. But, but the money. Pittman I just don't even think helps the Bills with what they want to do. Like, not the, he's like, not we've the... talked about replacing Gabe Davis. I don't want to replace Gabe Davis with just another Gabe Davis who's good at blocking and you get him for the 50-50 balls and all this stuff. No, I want a guy who can separate. I want a guy that if he catches the ball and there's like five yards of space because he's open, he's going to kill a defense.
4: The word everyone should use when you're talking about Gabe Davis this is also if he leaves, which is more and more likely by the day. I, I don't it, think it is, it it, is. it's going to happen. But
3: it's not replace; it's upgrade. Yeah, you, like, you are not replacing him. Two. You want to upgrade the number two wide receiver position. If
4: if Diggs was leaving, it'd be yeah, we're replacing him. Mm-hmm. If Davis is leaving, it's you're upgrading because you had a guy who down the stretch had five catches. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, he was dealing with an injury, but he had five catches maybe mm-hmm. in his last six games. Yeah. And and maybe like ten targets, not good. In five games, as a number two wide
3: receiver, it's really bad. He had multiple games this year where he had none. We had just, none he of each. Flat out none. None. No targets or receptions. And then you had like you know like the Tampa game every now and then where all of a sudden he's like oh my god he had twelve targets and nine catches. But right. like that's the inconsistencies. Where, like that cannot happen. That's fine if it's a rookie wide receiver that you grabbed in the second or third round that like yeah they're still trying to figure out their way. aid this year at tight end was that. Gabe yep. Davis is in what his fourth year, and we're still sitting here going, ah, "I don't really know how I can get game in game out." <laughs> that needs to be upgraded. That needs to be upgraded. And then the only real issue they're going to run into, and where I do think like defensive tackle absolutely should be on the board also around one. Right. In yeah. terms of an idea, is you have what four defensive linemen under contract, two of which are Von Miller and Kingsley Jonathan. That's not great. No. That's not awesome. And your defensive tackle position specifically does not really have anyone but Ed Oliver under uh, under contract. So I will get that. I've I like guys like the Texas guys Devontae Sweat and Byron Murphy. I would be happy as hell if one of those two fell to twenty eight and they took them, especially if four or five receivers have been taken up to that point, because then I know there's town in the second round and they're absolutely going to attack that position. And I'd be stunned if if Brandon Bean did not move up. But man, like it's just. They need to get younger at that position. They need to get faster at that position, desperately. I tweeted out here before we came back from the break, just a flat, you know, how would you feel if the Bills land Brian Thomas Jr. at 28? And for the most part, it's been pretty positive. Wide receiver train, which is literally his name on Twitter, which that's (laughs) fantastic. Like, I'm ready for the damn season to kick off. That's beautiful. Love that. Uh, We had Bills Fisher tweet in. He just tweeted in a picture of Troy Franklin. Totally understand that. I think Franklin's kind of my guy. Uh, Thomas, I have a little bit of of if he's going to be great as an all around wide receiver. I just I, I feel like the sky's the limit with Roy Franklin. I, I truly and and he would add something I've been desperate for with the Bills, which is speed. He is going to run in the four threes in the forty, and I think the Bills' offense desperately needs it because honestly, Josh, that's where I think they really haven't replaced John Brown.
1: Who's speed, fast? Who's fast right. on this team? Yep.
3: And I don't mean like in a Deontay Hardy type situation or an Isaiah McKenzie situation where you're like the the gadget of the slot guy. No, I mean like he's on the outside, and he's running.
4: Right, because they they haven't replaced it. Diggs doesn't even really have that. Diggs has the separation ability of you know he's just a great athlete, and if he's covered or even double covered, he can make a crazy catch. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Diggs is a speed demon down the sideline or anything. Like yeah, sure he's fast.
3: Diggs is quick. I would never say he's. I would never say he's a burner. I would say he's very quick. Right. And so, like he, that's my he has that
4: quick movement where
3: it's just boom! Yeah. All of a sudden, he's gone. Which is why, like, I've been a big fan of Troy Franklin, but also Brian Thomas junior again the combines later this month, so we'll get official measurements there. But he's also going to be somebody that runs in the low four fours, maybe high four threes. Yep. they desperately need that. They need speed because this is also to— th- I mean, Josh, what's been the key? The key phrasing for the Bills' offense when Explose. they got explosive, explosive, explosive. But it's been yak. Yards after catch. They mm-hmm. just don't have it. And I think a lot of it is because they're not getting guys that separate, and they have guys that when they get the ball, they can't break away from defenders.
4: What's a scenario where the Bills trade up in the first round?
3: Like 95%. It's like well, 95%. How high do they go? Like three or four picks, maybe. Yeah?
4: You don't think it's... You nothing, nothing
3: crazy. Do you I would think be stunned they, you, if they pick a 28.
4: Do you think they get to 20? Is that too Ooh, much? That might be fun. Like, not, not, I don't not say, 20 uh, itself, but do you think they can get higher than 25, let's
3: say? I think so. Yeah, twenty to twenty-five is it still a doable range. Yeah, I think so. I, I would. I'm telling you, I'd be stunned if they pick a twenty-eight. They haven't picked at their first round pick in the last two drafts. Right. They've traded up to go get their guy when when they're within range. Three for three fifth round picks. I think it's three fifth round picks. I gotta now look at the two the, or
4: three. I know they have multiple in the fifth round, but I, I to me it's 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 tricky because I look at the value of an NHL draft pick to an NFL draft pick, mm-hmm. and it's completely different, and it's. Mind-boggling. They have two fifths, two,
3: three-sixths. It's the three-sixth three six. okay. and then a the seventh, but it's to, and to, then they will also likely get a third as a compensatory pick for Edmonds, and that'll be
4: pick ninety-nine. I think so. Yeah. In most, because in most mock drafts that I've done, that is where the Bills pick in the third round. Yeah, is ninety-nine. Um, but my point is, is what what picks there can they trade up? Like, how many picks would it take to, to trade up? That obviously you are trading pick twenty-eight in this scenario, but is it enough of 28 a fifth round and a sixth round
3: yeah like is that enough it, it wouldn't be crazy because it, it obviously i mean we're not breaking ground when we say this you got to have two to tango
4: right but yeah. but you, that could also be yeah. a team
3: that's like you know what i want to take a michael penix mm-hmm. i want to keep that that fifth round or that fifth year option being a first round pick but maybe taking him at 21 22 is too much Pittsburgh. So I moved back Pittsburgh. At 20. At 20. That's kind of who I was thinking of. So we move back eight spots or whatever and kind of don't have any fear that anyone will take them. Tampa? At 26? Maybe, but they're probably going to lock in Baker Mayfield to a long-term contract.
4: Right, that's true.
3: And honestly, moving up
4: two spots isn't really that big of a deal. You're jumping yeah. the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't going to take a wide receiver because they're probably going to take Brian,
3: or Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. So, But it could be one of those things where you're like, I want to get this done. I want to make yep. sure no one else – I want to make sure Kansas City can't jump in front of us. I want to make sure Baltimore doesn't get their pick at wide receiver because they may still take one. It's
4: it's funny you say Kansas City because I'm looking at a mock draft that I did probably like an hour ago. Love it, love it. And in this mock draft, I only did fifth. I only did five rounds just because I wanted to see what talent – and I only picked wide receivers not because it's funny, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. because I wanted to see who was available where. In this mock draft, you had Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. going at four. And then you have Malik Neighbors going at seven to Tennessee instead of at six to to the Giants. Yeah, I don't know if I fully trust this mock draft because they also had Washington taking offensive tackle at second overall, which is oh Joe Elt? no, um,
3: or Fishanu, the Penn State guy. Oh, Fishanu, Fishanu. okay, the
4: Penn State guy, yeah, the Penn State guy, okay, yeah. So I don't know if you can fully trust this mock draft, but bear with me. So in this draft, Kansas City traded with Dallas to twenty four. Okay, and they drafted Roma Dunze. Oh
3: no, there's no, chance. no
4: there's, chance. There's not a chance that Roma Dunze is there. But the fact that the sheer fact that they traded up above the Bills and took a wide receiver in this simulated mock Would draft scared me so much. Like I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's fair. And that's where I'm saying, okay, like can they get above 25? Mm-hmm. Because if something like that were to happen, where Kansas City trades up to 24 and takes Brian Thomas Jr. or Troy Franklin, Troy yep. Franklin, it's not great.
3: Yeah. And a lot of this came from, we were talking about Field Yates' mock draft. Uh, he releases 1.0 uh, earlier this morning. Uh, I did put on Twitter just some other responses to how, how would you feel? Just the moment of if they, if they draft him at 28, some other responses. Nickel City kid has, fine. But if Byron Murphy is on the board, I'd rather have him. That is the defensive tackle, one of the defensive tackles from Texas. Uh, younger. Um, more potential, I would say, Josh, there. Like, uh, Trevondre Sweat is the other one, 6'4", 335 pounds. He, he is going to take up a lot of space on the defensive line. And where I would love him for the Bills is mainly you're going to get the most out of Ed Oliver. Where Byron Murphy, you would just have two really good guys that I think could both help each other out. Murphy, though, I have a feeling is kind of going to be ranked as the number one defensive tackle in this in this year. And that's where I just, I would be shocked if he gets to Buffalo with that being said as well. If you're worried, the bill's defensive line is undersized. This pick would continue that Murphy's about six foot one. He has 300 pounds though. But if you're worried that they're undersized, that probably continues here where for me, kind of like a lot of how I felt about Osiris Torrance last year, he's massive for a guard. And he takes up a ton of space. I kind of feel the same way about Devondre Sweat, who's very quick on his feet. If you've seen some of his workout videos or stuff like that, he does it on sidelines. He does not move like he has 335 pounds. He moves like he's like 280. And this is also why Texas had him, I think, twice this year, run out for touchdowns at the goal line, which was emotional to say the least. And like he would he would really help Buffalo immediately. He would have likely a spot right away because just of what's available that they have on the defensive line. Would a
4: guy like Sweat be available at 60? Probably not. At
3: 60, it's going to be tough. I think his size is such a positive yeah. that I think teams are going to jump at him. But that's late, where, for, late first round, early second? Absolutely. That's
4: where you could say, like, let's say the Bills trade up in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. What if part of the package is, yeah, the Bills are going to send maybe next a, a pick from next year's draft, but they're also going to get another pick in the second round? Mm-hmm. You know, Then you can say, all right, well, we're going to move up in the first round, draft the wide receiver— and then we're going to draft Sweat earlier in the second round than we thought we were going to yep. draft. So I don't know. There's, I, I I like the idea of them moving up in rounds one and two personally, mm-hmm. just because of the amount of runoff you're going to have into round two. Yeah. Whereas if the Bills are at 60 in round two, it's it's you're still going to get great talent there. But I feel like it's more advantageous to jump I'm, up I'm, in that I'm round I'm banging as well.
3: The drums so hard if he's there in the second round, Jalen Polk, the wide receiver out of yes. Washington. Yep. He is somebody. You're not going to hear me talk about him a ton when it comes to the first round just because he is, he he will be there at 28. There's very little chance he is gone because he's really a second round prospect. Mm-hmm. I just I know I'm higher on him than most. I think he's a very fluid wide receiver. I think he's very athletic. I think he kind of offers everything you want. And he's 6'2, and he's about 210 pounds. So he's not skinny. He adds size. He's going to run in like the four fours. I j he's a ton of fun. I just think he is going to be there in the second round. Maybe not 60, But if they took a defensive tackle in round one, I am going to be banging the drum as loud as my skinny body will allow me (laughs) to get Polk in the second round earlier than 60 60 as well. I wanted them to trade up. We're going to take a quick timeout here. If you want to join our conversation, let us know who the prospect you are most intrigued by early on here in this draft process. You can do so at 803-0550. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it
0: It wasn't me mad at Coach Reed as as it looks. It was the frustration
3: of our team not having success, turning the ball over, and me being
5: on the
0: sideline. Just line. on not the sideline.
5: Damn it. It was pleading with your head coach to let you go out there and win this. Mother. That's what it was. Me and you both know what it was. Andy knows what you mean to
0: him and what he means to you.
3: Travis Kelsey there on the Pat McAfee show. And cool, yeah, uh, but don't act like a psycho. I don't know. It was on New Heights. That was on New Heights. I, I don't know. I, I don't really care for the explanation. It was a ridiculous reaction, and you've done it twice this year. It was also on Christmas Day. Is he a locker room cancer? Some no. people are saying. so. No, I'm just I mean, kidding. A, yeah, but that's what they yeah. say if it
4: was Diggs. Yeah, like, no, exactly. That's what they would be saying but if it was me, literally anyone other than Travis Kelsey. It doesn't yeah. even matter that it's, it's it, if it was Diggs. If if Brandon Iuk did that to Kyle Shanahan, it's it, it's the same conversation. It's like, so ridiculous. I, like,
3: but it's because it's Travis Kelsey. Like it's because it's Travis Kelsey, and they won. Right, it's yeah. much easier to defend yourself and laugh it off when the confetti's falling, would that, and you're like, "Oh, we won the Super Bowl." Would it's that have weighed... been a
5: bigger story if they lost? Absolutely. Oh, I think that's probably would have the been the stories. main story for the Chiefs. I don't. If they I lost. think.
4: I think the main conversation on any talking head show is, yeah, why, is why Travis is Kelsey coming back to Kansas City? Like, I, I, I wouldn't like, have
3: been that. It would have been no. I think it's it, it's an it's what we're in the first quarter when he does that. Uh, Early, uh, second? whenever. Whenever Pacheco fumbles, I think it's the early second. Early second, so it's relatively early in the game. It's close, and he's freaking out, almost knocks over Reed. Look, I get it, and and I heard Steve Tasker talk about it on One Bills Live that it, you know emotions are running hot, and I get that. We've seen like guys yell at each other the whole thing. More my fact is he's done this twice where he like is getting in Reed's face, screaming at him, and I don't believe him when he's saying like I'm like telling him I want to get in the game. What? I mean, he did yeah.
5: say he crossed the line when he did that. Oh, yeah. So. Well, well, of
3: course he's going to say that. Because he realizes. Because, yeah. like, they say it on air in front of everyone. Oh, yeah, I love him, the whole thing. Probably afterwards, Reed was like, what the hell was that, dude? Yeah. You can't come just screaming in my ear. Like, We're trying to play together. a game. Yeah. yeah, get it together. Well, and also, too, he did
4: some, not not that, but he did something similar earlier in the year where he, like, threw his helmet while he was on the sideline.
3: And yeah. had, like, a whole thing. I don't know. I I, I like, don't find this Chiefs team very very likable anymore. Really outside, no. really outside of Reed. I still love Reed. He's but, funny. But you have Mahomes having a whole hissy fit for, like, a good day and a half about the refs after they made a good call. Which yeah. I think he ultimately did acknowledge that afterwards, like, when he watched it, it was a fine call. And then you have Kelsey, who's had two freakouts at Reed. I mean, legitimately, like, screaming in his face. For whatever reason, I think because he's not in the game when a player fumbles or because someone doesn't catch a ball, whatever, there's other players, dude. Other people got to make correct decisions. It, it, they're just, they're not nearly as likable. I love Chris Jones. I love Andy Reid. I do want them to start losing, though. Kind of they mind. also just, uh, start losing, man. They just locked up Spagnolo, too. He is in for a contract extension, which makes sense because uh, his tenure at St. Louis was so bad. That essentially, it feels like he's never going to get a head coaching opportunity again. I think another thing that's going to run into a problem for him is his team is always there, like the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl, like every year. So you know, jobs are getting filled up quickly, and you kind of saw it this year with Washington. I think a lot of what why you've seen like a lot of PR, like you know, saving grace from both Washington and Ben Johnson's party has been Washington was waiting to hire Ben Johnson. That's who they zeroed in as their guy. I think they kind of believed that. And then Johnson either had a change of heart or was too expensive. I know Justina Anderson was reporting that kind of early on in the coaching carousel that he, I think, wanted $15 million a year. That's a lot of money for a first-time head coach especially. And so like, I think that's also going to be a problem for him too is he staying because the team's in the playoffs forever. They don't lose. They're never out early where it's like, cool, we're all done. We can go interview you now. Like it's quick zoom interviews. You're not even going to their facilities. You're staying home because you're preparing for the next game. I don't know. You know, I, I guess it's my thing. It's just, Spagnolo probably should get a head coaching job. Yeah. But it's the same with, uh, with um, um, Cincinnati's uh, defensive coordinator. I'm thinking of Lou Amarillo, but I know that's not him at all. Anna Rumo. Anna yeah. Rumo. You, you were Lou, close. Lou Anna Rumo. <laughs> and he's kind of the same thing where, you know, like, like when he was the hot name, they were in the Super Bowl and the AFC championship game and head coaching spots were filled up. And now he's not a hot name anymore. It, it's the shame of it. It sucks, but you got to get that done well before the combine. Because then, like, you've got to get your staffs ready. You've got to get the ball rolling.
5: Does he even want to be a head coach?
3: I wonder. I think he probably Some people probably does.
5: just would rather be an offensive or a defensive coordinator. I mean... On a ma- winning team. Yeah, like, on a you're, winning you're team. Winning, yeah,
4: you keep you, winning. You've won three Super Bowls in five years. I don't really care if I'm if I'm the water boy. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, just I, happy I to ring. be there. Like, I get the ring. Like, at least, like, you know, it's not like he's not contributing. Like he's a main factor in no, that defense. And to be
3: fair, the last two years he's kind of become like one of the main characters. Like right. everyone's kind of talked about like how the defense has carried a real mm-hmm. rebuilding Chiefs offense.
4: And it's also it's not like, you know, he's the defensive coordinator under a defensive head coach and people are giving the coach all the head coach yeah, exactly. all, of the, like all the time. Exactly like everyone knows
3: like, no no, this is this is Spags's defense.
4: Right, exactly. So it'd be different if it was like, you know, if Andy Reid was defensive and then it's like, well, Andy Reid taught Spags this just,
0: or Andy Reid did that. But I like, wonder.
3: I mean, the last time he was a full ha- full-time head coach was oh nine to 2011 with the St. Louis Rams. Like, like times have changed. St. The Louis, LA Rams dude. have won a Super Bowl and have been to two. He was with St. <laughs> Louis and then he was yeah. an interim head coach back in 2017 for the New York Giants. And I think that would have been when, I want to make sure, if it was Ben McAdoo they got fired there. I want to make sure. But, so I mean, I think I think there's got to be a, a thing where he wants to you know try it again. It was Ben McAdoo fired after week 13. Spagnola went one and three uh, in his four games as the interim head coach. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, it, it makes sense why they're able to keep him. Teams yeah. have to fill jobs, and to be perfectly honest, like it, they're still playing. They're still playing. He can't really accept another job. Yeah, it's
4: not. Like, it's not like he's going out and interviewing for other stuff and like looking no. around. It's and and if you're again, if you're him, why would you be? Like you, you have full control of your defense. You have Chris Jones. You have. Well, I was going to say Tyron Matthew, but he's not there anymore.
3: Well, luxurious Snead, Trent Sneed. McDuffie. Yep, Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie, youngest, who's you have one of the youngest defenses in the league. The right. average age of age, too. Yeah,
4: he was just he was hurt, but their average you know.
3: defensive player age this year is twenty five.
4: Yeah, and you're only going to get younger too because you're you know. If, well, Chris Jones
3: is up this year. Uh, you, yeah. You're probably going to re-sign him. I, I get that. But yeah. if you don't, they're all of a sudden younger. I mean, you're you're, you're building something that has become really, really special. And
4: also, if you're Kansas City, is it super out of the blue if you take a defensive player in the first round?
3: Like, if you take one of those defensive tackles? I think only if receivers truly are just, like, out there. Yeah, That, like, five or six of them have been taken, and you're sitting there at 32 going, man, we're taking, like, you know, wide receivers seven or eight. I, I think like, then, then, then it's okay it, it, to be like, yeah. all right, we're 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 going to take a defensive tackle because you know maybe they only signed Jones to like a two year deal, mm-hmm. something like that. Excuse me, maybe something along those lines. Maybe their other needs though, they're going to have to get a little bit more help in the offensive line as well. Yeah, uh, they end up having two of their guards go down with injuries. Uh, the guy that replaced Tooney, I know, also suffered like I think an uh, um. um an elbow injuries while yeah, in the game, yep. but kept playing. Mm-hmm.
4: So, you know. You also see, um, coming out of the Super Bowl, Hargrave played the whole season with something up with his thumb.
3: Yeah. Like, I
4: don't know if it was, like, dislocated no, or something. No, it was a tear. It was tear. a tear. A tear in some, like, thing in his thumb. And it's like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. the whole, not just, like, the proceeds. The whole year he yeah. played with that well, injury.
3: And then and then uh, Dre Greenlaw, who yeah. ends, up, he ends up tearing his Achilles on a, on a fluke play. That was sad. Apparently was dealing with Achilles issues all year.
4: Oh, really yeah so oh, so it was just kind of like the last straw yeah
3: essentially the last strokes I mean it is a fluke injury he was getting ready oh, to yeah. like go run on the field and kind of like did like a little bit of a hop into a run we've all done it mm-hmm. yeah. and, and all of a sudden you know pops and you're like oh wow there it goes I I, I saw <laughs> the I saw the miked up from it yesterday uh real quick on Twitter but like Fred Warner just screamed no he saw him go down and stay down and just scream no Kittle was like looking around he's like did he really like Tears Achilles and they're like yeah they just announced it. And he's like, and just silent for a second. Goes that's depressing. <laughs> like like and, and it's it a way to put it. <laughs> it's it's such a jarring thing. I mean I mean we remember though like it, it, it's not the same thing. But
5: something is wrong with Super Bowl grass and turf oh, because yeah. remember last yeah. year that was a huge that issue. Was a huge thing. And you know it tears his Achilles before going onto the field. And then you mentioned. Um, Butker, what he one one of the line drive field goal was because he yeah, slipped. He slipped, yep. And oh, then that's there was right.
4: <laughs> you know what's also really funny about all this, and not not really funny at all. Mm-hmm. The World Cup final is going to be played at MetLife Field, where everyone oh, gets hurt. I, you're going to oh. have the most expensive ACLs on the planet that. playing on the worst field in in, in all of America. But they're going to have grass, right? They should. That's what I they do for men. I don't.
3: I don't know.
4: I don't know. They might. They probably will. Like, FIFA will probably step in and be like, hey, you have to do it. I think so. But it's just weird, like, how turf has been so – it went from, like, this is great to –
3: Well, yeah, was yeah, cause it problem. wasn't AstroTurf. Like, that, that was the big thing. Yeah, it's right. Like, hey, it's still cheaper, but it's not AstroTurf. Where, like, if you played at the old vet for Philadelphia, y- you were playing on asphalt. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> right, like, like, right. Where, Basically, where, a carpet. Yeah, where guys like, I mean, everyone that played in the NFC East was like, we hated playing in Philadelphia. Number one, the fans were aggressive, but like also like you were being tackled on cement that yeah. was painted green, like it was awful. Yep. But it's even it's, Philadelphia Eagles players were like, I mean, yeah, it was a home field advantage, but like you know, in it quotes, advantage. Like, <laughs> I went home and cried in the shower because I was in so much pain, kind of deal. <laughs> My body was covered in
4: bruises all yeah. the time.
3: So I mean, mm, yeah, but yeah, like that's. So where we started to on the Kelsey thing. Look, I get it. He may be, you know, the heat of the moment. Th- there's also better ways to handle that. Right. There's way better ways to be a, handle you gotta that. you
4: got to be a professional.
3: Like, yeah. you, you can't. And, but, and look, I said the same thing about Diggs, though. Last year, when we're three plays in the AFC Divisional game, and he's freaking out at Allen, and I'm like, dude, we just started. Relax. Right. Because to me, and, and ultimately, Kelsey did calm down, though. He had a great second half. His first half was garbage. He was targeted one time for one catch in a yard. So he clearly did have to calm down. Where you know some players don't. Yeah, and it's also too with with with
4: Kelsey in the first half. It's it's a lot like when you look at the Bills and Chiefs game. Re- granted, Kelsey had a good game overall, but you look at the first half. It was the Bills have figured out the Chiefs on defense. They're running all mm-hmm. over them. They're playing great, and then the second half the Chiefs adjusted. And, uh, oh oh oh! There goes the game. <laughs> there and, we go. And it was just like this. This game, the Super Bowl, except reversed. It was the offense for the Chiefs was not doing anything, and oh look, they adjusted at halftime, and now yeah, they're great. It was a
3: boring first half. It was. It was a boring. I was, I was boring asleep. first half. Off. It was. It was hard turn to around though. Like. Turn around though. I yeah. was. I was getting into the game by around the eh, start of the fourth quarter. I was pretty into it, and then overtime, I was at the edge of my seat.
4: I'd say like third, like end of the third quarter was pretty good for me. Yeah. But but my my point there though is is like that also just shows the ability of the Chiefs. They're one of the few just, teams I've ever seen that can just that can just turn it on. Turn it on, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, in a 15 minute halftime, they're like, yep, let's go. We're going to do this, this, and this. It's so also why
3: they're a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, it, that's what makes them great. They've got, like, five Hall of Famers. And my. my cl- like,
4: clear first ballot Hall of Famers. Yes. Yeah. And my wonder now, or what I wonder now, is what's going to happen when
3: Andy Reid leaves? It's always interesting. Always interesting. Because, when, you, like, the, when, when a very. Clear core piece leaves. Yeah, because you—it's it's the same at... with Kelsey. Like you'll look at that and go, "All right, well, what happens now?" Right. And so it's now Spags is there too. Of like, all right, like, if he leaves, like, I well, mean, he won't now because he's signed. Well, but... yeah, but I mean, like, eventually when he does leave, I mean, that's been a thing. The Eagles lost their two coordinators. We're not the same. Still mm-hmm. a talented team, still taking advantage of a bad NFC, but not the same team. The Bills lose Dable. They're still recovering on the offense. Right. Still good, but not what they were. I think though, like when you look at
4: okay, Kelsey leaving is a lot different than Reed leaving because. Once a player was a coach, yeah. I mean, yes, but you look at the you look at the year that Kelsey had, and it looked like he left for most of the year. Did until the playoffs. Really, but with Reed, I wonder if it's going to be. I don't don't think it's going to get to that extent, but I wonder if it's going to be a reverse of Brady Belichick.
5: Kelsey did say on that when I played that clip, he was you know talking about how much he loves he said that I'll retire when Andy retires oh yeah because right. because they both
3: like immediately when the game ended we're like yeah we're coming back for a three beat like, well, like no, yeah a- I Any sort of like yeah. debate on the offseason was killed like 30 seconds after the season yeah. ended.
4: but my my point there though is is like what does what does he do for them that isn't gonna be there when he leaves mm. and that's where I like I said like with Belichick and Brady it was Brady left and Belichick just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Whereas, is it going to be the reverse? I don't think it's going to be the, to that extent because Mahomes is a great athlete and Mahomes Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a different circumstance. But I just I wonder like what's going to change if and when that happens. I
3: mean, it's, it's how dynasties falls eventually. Like that core group is just gone and they can't really recover, and another team takes over. Right. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll get you ready for Sabers Live coming up at the top of the hour. You're listening to the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Quick final segment here on the Extra Point Show as we get you ready for Sabres Live. Coming up at the top of the hour, quick final thing I want to talk about, Josh, real quick. And we mentioned this team a little bit ago, talking about a potential you know trading up or trading down situation. The Pittsburgh Steelers, hmm. they released Mitch Trubisky. They released a few other players to create cap space. Bring Mitch Trubisky back, please. So, that too, like, (laughs) how do you feel about him as a backup quarterback? I love it. I'm less so, but I would understand it. Uh, Okay. okay. How How do you feel about them as potentially going for Justin Fields? Ooh. I
5: Ooh.
3: I both like the idea and hate it because they brought in Arthur Smith as as offensive coordinator. Like, I saw a mock draft
5: where they had him mock and where Bo Nix was Bo mocked. Nicks, to the, I've, seen, to the I've seen I've seen I've
3: seen Nix and Penix both go there. I would and I find like it fascinating. I
4: would like Fields on the Steelers more than I would like Nix or Penix.
3: I think I would too because I think. Well, Penix. So okay, well, you're, you're hitting. Well, the are page. you are you looking I mean, at Arthur Smith as a downside for Fields or 100%. One thousand really? percent. I don't love Arthur Smith. as even an OC. I think hmm. he ran the perfect system for Ryan Tannehill, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really about it. Like it's very run heavy. It very much fits Pittsburgh. But it, it, and what, I hate what it. was so weird about how run heavy it was is they didn't use
4: Bijan the way they should have.
3: Oh, that was offensive. Back to back Just to everything they did. Back was to Fields, so bad.
4: Back to Fields in Pittsburgh, though. I think it would work great because Fields has that mobility. Where you look at him, like oh, he can run like Lamar Jackson or whatever. Like he has the ability to run. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Arthur Smith could really work with him.
3: It it could work. I think the thing is, though, if they trade for him, number one's probably going to be a second-round pick, Mm -hmm. and that's. Pittsburgh is going to sign him to big money after this year. They're yeah. going to have to, because you're giving away a second round pick on a quarterback that kind wonder, of signals you want to play him. I
4: wonder if they take a wide receiver in the first round then, too, to kind of just give him like a little
3: bit of a boost. Could be interesting. That's going to do it for me and Josh today. I'll be back on air from 10 to 12 tomorrow, joined by Joe Cali. But coming up next, Sabres Live here as they break down the Sabres seven to nothing win over the Kings last night. You're listening to WGR.